Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report it. is on the air. It doesn't count if Carl has to remind you. Oh, I knew it. I just didn't want you guys to know that I knew, and I wanted you to be guessing, was I going to do it or not? Welcome to another you edition, like you didn't care, yes. of the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Way Tony Colombo here air. with Chris Arps, who was just doing a very uncomfortable dance. A little DMC. Wave <laughs> your hands in the air and shake them like you just don't care. You remember that, Tony? I do. You remember that. Producer Carl Middleman here right. as well. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of The Weekend Report. Got a Bruce. packed show for you so today. Much. Uh, Bruce Affleck from the St. Louis Blues is going to be joining us Affleck. in hour number two. Never heard uh, that before. <laughs> very exciting stuff with the NHL All-Star Game coming to town. Also, of course, Skip Weber and Trish Gazelle will be here in the second hour for the Weird News Challenge. And uh, coming up next, we are going to talk to uh, Jim Talent. So I can't wait for that. We're going to get his thoughts on he was in the House of Representatives, I believe, during the Clinton impeachment. Yes, so he voted for impeachment. Yeah, so um, uh, I want to get the thoughts of a, of a former United States senator and uh, House member uh, on everything that's happening with uh, this impeachment stuff. I uh, want to get into that with uh, Chris Arps here in just a second as well. But first, uh, tell us about your latest article. Yes, Tony, I wrote my latest article came out Friday. It's called uh, Deja Vu and 1972. And uh, throughout the article, I kind of show the parallels between Barry Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie. Bern- what did I say, Bernie? Barry. Barry. Bernie. <laughs> Bernie Sanders' progressive campaign and the 1972 presidential nominee George McCovern's mm. presidential liberal campaign. And there are a lot of similarities. And uh, Bernie Sanders is ahead of the polls in Iowa, New Hampshire, yeah. and Nevada. That's yeah. three of the first four states. So. Right. We could be looking at Bernie Sanders as the nominee of the Democratic Party. One of the reasons that you should check that article out is because history repeats itself. Yes, it does. And we can learn a lot. You know, there's there's a lot of things that are happening now that are unprecedented, but very much of the time, the the, the waves of uh, political belief in the country is cyclical. Yeah. And what was an older belief comes back and, you know— so yeah. learning about the history and where we've been can uh, can help understand where we're at many times. What I really found interesting is that George McGovern was a part of having the rules changed in 1972 from 1968 so that the activists had more say in the power, uh, power in the party. And in 2018, the Bernie Sanders uh, people got the superdelegate rule thrown out of the Democratic Party yeah. to make it more accessible to 
the progressive grassroots. So that's one of the parallels that I that I uh, show in the article. So we're going to leave uh, um, some extra time for Jim Talent and uh, make this segment a little bit shorter than usual and, and talk to Senator Talent for longer in the next segment. So I want to kind of rapid fire a couple things here real quick with uh, with Chris. Uh, we're going to obviously get the senator's thoughts on um, impeachment, and now that the articles have been delivered and uh, uh, the process is underway, we're going to get his ideas on that in a second. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts on where we're at right now? Well, it's I, I, there's not a lot of drama to this. Uh, we already know what the conclusion is going to be. The president is going to be acquitted. Uh, I think the only real drama is going to be what type of last-minute witnesses or last-minute evidence are the Democrats going to throw out to say, here, we finally got him. Here's the, here's, here's the evidence. Uh, one more drama uh, with this whole situation is witnesses. Or is Mitch McConnell Whether going to allow them right? to have witnesses? Yeah. And what will really be interesting if if the vote uh, they can get four Republican senators to come out and come across and vote for that, and we have witnesses. Senator Rand Paul has said that he's going to call Hunter Biden and Joe Biden uh, to the uh, Congress to testify. Well, they, testify. they are involved in <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, so it's so, just going to be a uh, soap opera. Yeah. Uh, if you were advising Mitch McConnell, would you say allow witnesses or would you say bypass that and let's get this over well i know what the mitch mcconnell's thinking is is he wants this over as quickly as Mm -hmm. possible so they can get back to the business of of running the senate they believe that the longer that this goes there's the potential of witnesses being called and that could hurt the president long term me as a political activist analyst i like to see a long trial because it keeps the democratic candidates off the campaign field oh and it gets the potential of having Hunter and Joe Biden call to the stand, which would be better than any soap opera. I saw some uh, somebody said, oh, gosh, I wish I could remember who. <laughs> um, oh, it was Ari Fleischer. Right. Ari Fleischer said this week that Nancy Pelosi intentionally held the articles and released them at this moment because the Democratic Party, uh, mm-hmm. the establishment, are still Joe Biden supporters. And by waiting to release it now, just a few weeks mm-hmm. before the Iowa caucuses, takes Bernie Sanders and Amy Klobuchar mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Warren off the campaign trail and gives Iowa, uh, Joe Biden g- yeah. gets Iowa to himself to campaign and mm-hmm. try to win that. Do you believe that it could be that calculated? I don't, because I think all of this is being being calculated or dictated by the circumstances. I think Nancy Pelosi is being pulled along to do this uh, impeachment. You remember what she was saying earlier, that we don't want to do impeachment. This is not something American people want. And then all of a sudden, when the left-wing part of her base wants this and are pushing her towards this, all of a sudden she has to has to do it. So I think she's just being just uh, carried away in the wave. Yeah. Personally, I don't think this is any calculation at all. Is there any chance that at the end of this Senate trial, Donald Trump is removed from office? Only if there's recorded evidence of Donald Trump saying. You know, we ever we I want this aid withheld from Ukraine because I want them to investigate Joe Biden. If there is a audio recording of him saying that <laughs> or is there something written down that he has signed off on signed off saying that, then there's a possibility. Other than that, no.
Is it is it a net positive for the president as far as polls and chances of reelection? I didn't think so. I mean, you look at the real clear politics average of polls regarding impeachment and it's underwater. People don't support this. Um, once the president is acquitted, he can say, hey, this was a hoax, as you keep saying, and I was acquitted. So I think it helps him uh, long term in the uh, for his ele- his reelection. Yeah, and uh, we will watch it all unfold, and we will obviously uh, keep talking about it and covering it here on ninety seven one, and of course on the weekend report. My fear is that uh, we've opened Pandora's box, and as <laughs> historical and rare as this impeachment process is. I think we're going to see multiple more in our lifetime. Oh, they set a new precedent Unfortunately, now. You disagree yeah. with the uh, person, you impeach them. Yep. We are going to get Senator Jim Talent's thoughts on what is happening on Capitol Hill with impeachment and uh, some other issues I want to talk to him about. So don't go anywhere. We're going to get into a discussion with uh, former uh, United States Senator Jim Talent next on the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome back to the Weekend Report. 97.1 FM Talk. Don't forget, if you miss anything on this show every week, you can download our podcast absolutely free. Best way to do so is the Radio.com app. Radio.com app is, uh, like I said, free. And you favorite the radio station once you download the app, and then it's one-stop shopping for everything here at 97.1. You can stream the station live. You can take advantage of the Radio Rewind feature, which means you can rewind live radio, kind of like you're watching your DVR, your television at home. You can see our pretty faces. You can see our pretty faces, <laughs> and you have access to this podcast and all the podcasts here on the radio station. So a uh, great way to keep up with everything that we do here, the Radio.com app. Also, don't forget about our website, uh, particularly the Weekend Report page, 971talk.com slash Weekend Report. You can uh, go there every week and check out Carl's Movie reviews. You can also see those movie <laughs> reviews on the 97.1 YouTube channel. And uh, we post various other videos up there on the YouTube channel and on the website uh, throughout the week as well. So all good ways to keep up with what is happening with us. And uh, as I mentioned, what's happening with us right now, as I mentioned in the last segment, joining us on the phone is Senator Jim Talent. Always great to talk with you, Senator. How's it going? It's going very well, Tony. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy time to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I I really want to get your your thoughts on what we have seen this week. A lot of pomp and circumstance, and a lot of uh, very passionate, emotional 
press conferences by various members of the House and the Senate. If 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 you were back in the Senate chamber and all this was happening, I would love to uh, know how you were feeling about it. So what what are your thoughts as as you, we watch this unfold? Well, you know, for my own part, you know, from the beginning of this, um, I just thought, and I'm going to sound like a lawyer here, hmm. uh, which I am or was at one time. I really thought just as a matter of law that we were not in the category of an impeachable offense. In other words, I thought that what the president did in pushing for this investigation was fully justified as a matter of policy and governance, because I I think the um, that Hunter Biden's arrangement with Burisma um, not only was potentially corrupt, but it threatened uh, to compromise uh, a very important part of our policy in Ukraine and elsewhere about transparency and, you know, honest government. In other words, we do want our partners um, to that we give aid to, um, to to try not to be corrupt. OK, so for me, the, all these factual disputes uh, wouldn't have mattered so much because I thought the president had a right to urge this upon the Ukraine and, and what he had a right to ask for. I think he had a right to insist upon. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that's my position. I haven't seen anything that would rebut it. But to be fair, it's not like I'm you know, spending the first two hours every day reading everything sure. about this. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm really not. I mean, <laughs> I I'm following it only to the extent I have to. Uh, now, in terms of the procedures, I mean, some of this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you have to because of what you do. Uh, in terms of the procedures, some of this is uh, is necessary. It's just, you know, you follow the forms matter. You, you know, you yeah. if you're supposed to if a delegation is supposed to walk over from the Senate to the House on something, that's what they should do or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some of it is, I think, uh, pretty small potatoes, like with the pens. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, we can talk about it. But well, so that's kind of my that's kind of my point is it's like the same politicians and I'm not going to name names. I mean, I name names all the time. But for the sake of this discussion, it's not it's not pertinent Um, in the in this this the same politicians will one moment be jovial and smiling and posing and obviously really enjoying what's happening and then five minutes later they'll be in front of a microphone talking about the gravity of the situation and how actions matter and this is historic and this is to protect our great republic it's it's just really hard to take any of that seriously when you've been watching the way that many of them behave throughout the process does that make sense yeah it makes perfect sense and That's the problem when you sacrifice uh, the longer term equities, if you will, uh, for um, something in the short term, whether it's a a political advantage or whether it's because you're trying to get out from under a political problem. Um, And that's where the constant challenge in that job is to is to try and anticipate and plan and manage so that you're not in those positions and then. You know, when you are in them, to try and come out of them, um, to survive them, but 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 while protecting the public interest, and it's a real, it's difficult. I, I don't even think this is easy. I mean, I, 
people, this may surprise people, but I sympathize with the position the speaker's been in because mm-hmm. she's been under intense pressure for the better part of a year to do something like this. I don't believe that she wanted to. That's just me. I know Nancy Pelosi and served with her. I've not talked with her, so nobody should take this as anything but Jim Talent looking at it. And um, I just, I don't think she wanted to do this. And I think her position in the House as the leader of the House was under constant siege because of this kind of thing. And it's not to say that, I mean, I I, I think she instinctively knew that it would be better for them to focus on bigger issues. Yeah. Um, And, um, but we're, we, you know, we now are where we're at. And when I watch Senator McConnell, who I think has handled this very well, he is trying to preserve the, the credibility of the institution. He also has, political factions in his caucus he has to deal with. You're seeing some of that now, uh, but uh, I have a lot of confidence in Mitch McConnell. And yeah. um, I was one of his deputy whips when he was the whip. I've seen him operate, and um, I think he'll I think he'll do a good job. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if I have my uh, Jim Talent history correct. You weren't in the Senate. You, you were— Got to the Senate just a couple years after the Clinton situation, but you were in yeah. the House of Representatives. I was during... in the House, yeah. right. Okay, perfect. So um, what can we expect? Um, what can we expect going forward to happen, uh, in your opinion? And is, is there anything that we can look back and at the Clinton situation and use that as a precedent or is this a just a completely different situation and what happened in uh, 1998 doesn't matter yeah i think we can i think that's what mcconnell is trying to do mm. so now let's not discuss the right and wrongs of this for a second or, or the you know who's right and wrong about the evaluation of this we have a situation where uh the house believes something was an impeachable offense and they believe that on a very, this is all largely partisan, um, and there's nowhere near the necessary number of senators who really who think that or are really, yeah. and they just think it's so far away that it's highly unlikely anything they hear is going to change their minds. So under those circumstances, what you want is to vindicate the process and the norms for all the reasons we've talked about, but not to drag the thing on because uh, we kind of know what the result's going to be, and and it would be better for the country to get back to trying to do, you know, what is normally thought of as, you know, the business of the people. Mm-hmm. So based on that, I think what's likely to happen is they'll hear the opening, what are effectively opening statements or arguments from both sides. I think the maneuvering will be around the written questions. They're, they're going to write questions, send it up to the chief justice to get the two sides to answer them. And uh, there'll be political maneuvering there, right? So the, the, for every question the Republicans ask, the Democrats may feel they need to ask one, vice versa. There may be somebody asks a provocative question, somebody else feels they need to ask a question addressing that from a different point of view. You see what I'm getting at here? Yeah, yeah. That, that is, I don't, know, I don't know how long that will go on. Hmm. And I think probably, barring something very unforeseen, at that point they'll vote. When they're done with all that, I don't think they're going to have witnesses. Uh, I think the Democrats feel right now it would help their cause to call witnesses. I'm not sure that's true either. And that's part of the reason why this is so unpredictable, because nobody's quite certain, even if you just wanted to be political, 
nobody's quite certain what what tactic will favor either side. Right. I mean, calling witnesses may end up helping Trump. Yeah. And I said this. To I think Trump thinks think, it would. <laughs> I said this to my Democratic friends who want to call John Bolton. I said, look, you know. <laughs> <laughs> John Bolton, yeah, and I would. John Bolton uh, is not going to. Whatever else he says, there's some of it may not be all that favorable to Trump. But I'm not so sure he's going to say what you think he's going to say. Yeah, uh, overall, and um, I don't. You know, if I'm I'm observing how John is handling this, so I don't know what's going to happen. I think I think these calculations may change as people watch what's happening and measure the public mood. Yeah. Before but the problem is, oh, go ahead. I'll just add one other thing. Yeah, no, I mean, do. the problem that the proponents of this have is that, um, you know, if you're going to impeach a president, you need to be able to explain why in like 15 seconds. I mean, not, not explain everything, but you need to be able to give the reason quickly. And people need to be able, it needs to be such that people go, well, yeah, that that's pretty bad. Now, with Clinton, whether you think it rose to the level of an impeachable offense, you could just say, look, he perjured himself before a federal grand jury, mm-hmm. and he's the chief law enforcement officer of the United States. Now, somebody might say, well, you're right. That's bad. I don't think it's an impeachment. It's fair. But everybody understands what this is about, what what that was about. Right. I'm not so sure that's true here. No, I, I completely agree. And uh, we, we only have a couple minutes left with former uh, United States Senator Jim Talent. Uh, one last question on impeachment, and then I want to uh, – you don't talk to Jim Talent without asking at least one foreign policy question, so uh, uh, I want to get to that. I thought you were going to ask about the baseball uh, scandal, but go ahead. <laughs> we can talk about that too. Uh, we, uh, but um, uh, last question, basically yes or no question, yeah. is this process, to this point at least, and f- for what we can foresee in the future the way we think it's going to go, only a positive for the president as far as – polls and the election is concerned because i think they're, I I think they're likely, doing him a favor it's likely a net positive yeah but and and then his state of the union address is going to be very interesting to listen to because i think at that point he's going to start talking about all the good things that are happening and so i think if he does that in particular <laughs> that will that will be make him look good because yeah. he'll be focusing on things that matter to people and this impeachment story has kind of knocked the situation that was happening with uh, Iraq off the or Iran off the uh, front pages. But, uh, you know, that is still a situation that uh, is, you know, unfolding. What are you, what's the latest uh, developments with uh, the situation with Iran? And are we seeing uh, the de-escalation, the off-ramp that everybody was talking about? And uh, do you think that the... Um, uh, you know, the severity, the emergency kind of situation that everybody felt we were in uh, a week or so ago has has passed. Um, yes, I do. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying, and I, I think I, I do believe that. I think this whole episode was an unmitigated defeat for Tehran. Mm-hmm. I think it showed again that deterrence works. OK, it's very clear they did not want to climb the ladder of escalation with the United States. They were afraid of what was going to happen if they did. So when this all started, they were hurting very badly because not just to the sanctions, but, um, you know, a comprehensive campaign to weaken the regime. Uh, and it was working and they hoped to get at, to change that dynamic. And they've only made it worse. And um, the dissent at home is worse. Their reputation 
uh, is worse. Uh, they looked weak and ineffectual, uh, but they are going to continue trying to figure out ways to hit us. Um, of course, they're always doing that. But I know I think this, this whole episode was a huge defeat for them, not to mention the fact that they have lost a person who really is irreplaceable in right. terms of, of their government. Yeah. And do you think the uh, Astros should have their world title taken away? No. Oh, <laughs> pardon me. Yes, I think they do. Oh, yeah. And what about the Red yeah. Sox? <laughs> well, we'll yeah. find out about the Red Sox uh, next. Well, yeah. I think we got to find out what happened. Yeah. Now, I want to say, because I really feel this, I think Manfred was in a very difficult position as far as that's concerned. And I would, if he had decided to do that, I would have hated it for the Houston fans. I don't like the Astros, but this was a huge, I mean, this was, I think, their only one. Yeah. And so I'm not there's a part of me that is not sorry at all because they get to keep their World Series title. And I, I think that's why Manfred did it. And I get that. But I'm really concerned about the, uh, the public's perception of the broader integrity of the game. Yeah. And especially if we find out even more, if we find out they had some kind of a they were wired because um, the problem is, guys, it sounds uh, like maybe they, it sounds like they were. It sounds like there was. Uh, possibly like electronic devices, in, you know, that would spy that would, stuff that would buzz <laughs> a certain way or somehow signal them to as to what pitch was coming. I mean, that is right. that is game changing stuff. And they are. I've been reading comments and articles from New York and L.A., two huge towns with historic franchises, and those fans are livid. And I understand it because. Sure. I mean, you ought to get a you ought to get a, a hitter, somebody who played the game on there, and just you know ask them, you know, if you knew yeah what pitches were coming and you were a three hundred hitter beforehand, what would you, you know? How much would you expect your batting average to go up? Four hundred, five hundred? Yeah, makes all the difference in the world. Literally, makes all the difference in the world. Uh, that's you know I I never played a, that was my dream. I never played major league baseball, but I, my guess is they would say yeah. That makes a huge difference. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I, and it's hard not to believe that it affected the outcome of two ALCSs and one World Series. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it did. I'm certain it did. I, I struggle with the with taking wins away. You know, the NCAA does that. They take yeah. wins away or they take titles away. I have, I have a hard time doing that because the games were still played. Even if they were, yeah. even if they were cheated, they they were played. There was people there. There was an outcome. We saw it. So I, it's hard for me to to say, you know, to, to vacate wins or take championships away. But I think that they should come down on the guilty parties as severely as possible in every other way that they can. If they did, and it looks very much like they did cheat to win these games so i i mean you know, i you want to ban them from baseball i got no problem with that if you want to you know if you can find them some way uh i think you should but i don't know I, it's it's hard for me to say uh that they should have uh those things revoked you want to put an asterisk next to it i'm totally fine with that to remind people that yeah. this was the that this was the tainted world series championship i'm i'm fine with that but to just say like uh there was no winner that year or to award it to the team that they beat, you know, I, I, that gets that gets a little too weird for me. And uh, that was initially my reaction on, on, on listening to people sort of arguing it out, and some of them, I think, pretty intelligently, you know, 
uh, on various stations, and I'm kind of changing my view. But look, yeah. I really mean it when I say look, I'm not going to sit here and crime Manfred for not doing that. Yeah, I mean, Dave I Glover it. is with Dave Glover thinks that they should have the, their title revoked. So there's a lot of people that 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 believe that as well. This is well, this has gone all over the place. This is <laughs> this is why you talk to Jim Tal. This is yes. great stuff. Uh, I hope uh, we can talk to you again real soon, Senator. Uh, in the meantime, a, uh, if people want to read your latest articles or follow you on website, social media, what are all the different ways to do so? Yeah, you can check. Uh, I, I write usually for National Review, mm-hmm. and you can check that. I, I'm on Twitter, uh, and um, that's basically it, other than I do a, a fair amount of local radio, which yeah. I enjoy doing. <laughs> that's right. That's um, right. So, you know, you Google me, you'll come up with the latest. That's right. And, yeah, check us out regularly uh, on the Dave Glover Show as well. Jim is a, mm-hmm. uh, a regular guest. And the Mark uh, with, Cox Morning with us Show. There. And with Mark, yeah, uh-huh. in the morning. So, yeah, great stuff. Uh, Senator Talent, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for your time today. I hope we get a chance to talk real soon. You are welcome. Have All a right. great weekend. You bet. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, our buddy Brian Akers is going to be joining us in studio. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo, Chris Arps, and Carl Middleman Hello. in studio. Big thank you to Jim Talent, who we just talked to in that last segment. Great insight from him about impeachment and uh, baseball. the situation <laughs> in Iran and baseball. Uh, he was uh, uh, surprisingly passionate and very knowledgeable about the situation happening with the Astros and the Red Sox. It's a great. sports show because we next on, hour. Yeah, next hour we're talking to Bruce Affleck from the St. Louis Blues about the All-Star game coming to town. So, great conversation with Jim Talent, as that, always. That makes me glad that we have Rewind because I yeah. missed it. So yeah, I right. can, Chris had a, Chris <laughs> had a call. Yeah. Chris had a call and had to step out of the room mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so I had Jim all to myself and yeah. it was interesting Rewind. to hear him talk about uh, baseball like mm-hmm. that. It's a uh, uh, it was a great. He's yeah. he's a great guy. To he's talk been to. a big sports yeah. guy though yeah. his entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, I worked for him uh, in the early two thousands when he was first elected. And he is a big big sports fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, great guys, joining us in studio now is uh, Brian Agers from Agers HVAC. Great to see you, my friend. Great to see you guys too. Thanks yeah. for having that me. That was in. a real compliment. You were ready for like the okay. Where's he going? Yeah, right. <laughs> I you could never see know it in your eyes. <laughs> hey, I want to thank you from a technical point of view for fixing the microphone. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. off the air just now, this is a story worth telling. Uh, there's a couple microphones in this studio that have been jacked up for <laughs> since a month. last decade. He's not yeah, lying. for a month. Yeah. And Brian comes in and he sees these and he's like, I can't handle, look, I, can't, I, can't I can't even can't look at this. this. I can't even look at these. They're making me crazy. And they're, they're, it's impossible to explain on the air. But essentially there is um, 
like black rubber bands that that look a lot like hair ties, which we'll get to in a second, um, that are part of the suspension apparatus of these microphones. It's so it's not laying on metal because yeah. and it, Brian, the shock mount and 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 yeah. those yeah they're yeah those rubber bands are all messed up. And Brian literally said, "Does anybody have hair ties?" And being the father of daughters. I had one. We found another one, and Brian fixed our microphones with hair ties. Thanks, Andy. And that's on, yeah, and that's on Chris's mic, and his mic actually looks better than any of them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Mine was the was the one that was in the best shape out of all. It of was. Them. Yeah, that's awesome. But so I mean, it's obviously, been messed up for a long yeah. time. Well, I do mechanic work, so here that, you well, go. that's what I was going to say. Obviously, <laughs> HVAC, uh, you know, is is what you do. But I would imagine you've just kind of had that mechanical brain your whole life. Ever since and I it was, was a just kid, on display, I would literally do things like you know we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and we had a I had a, a motorized toy squirt gun, and it was a huge deal for me to have this thing, mm-hmm. and I literally wore it out. The battery stopped working. And we were yard sailing one day and ended up buying another toy with a motor. And I literally took that apart, put the motor in my squirt gun, yeah. soldered it in, and I was not, I was probably eight. Wow. And then I was good to go. So that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Never had that ability because I never would do anything like that because I knew if I took it apart, I would never, never be able to put together. it back together again. So I knew, don't even. Think about opening something up and yeah. messing with it. No, that's awesome. Um, and and you know, I, talk a little bit about because hearing that story and knowing you personally, um, and knowing how you run your business, I, it makes me very proud that you're a part of this show and uh, a friend and a business that I get to talk about. And I think that um, uh, the way that you conduct business, the way that you started. Agers, you've been in HVAC for a long time, but the, when you decided to go into business for yourself, um, the reasons why I think were all the right we- reasons. Kind of just talk about how that happened. Yes, it, and it's we're going into our 16th year, mm-hmm. um, and believe me, I mean, it's tough to start a business, and, and for people who discount that, um, they clearly haven't been there. There's been a lot of uh, ups, a lot of downs, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm I'm super pleased that I'm on the other side of that. I've got a son who's going to technical school so he can do HVAC and, you know, things are good. And uh, so it all started out just kind of weary about things that I saw in the industry. And I don't want to paint the industry as, you know, it's a bunch of bad people because it's not. We've got a, right. a lot of great. Well, every industry's got their shady characters, people, right. you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I saw things that I felt like were abuses and I just was tired of being put upon to further that yeah and my you know the only answer for me at the time was just start your own thing right right and And do right by your customers and do right by your customers i wanted to you know i told my wife i want to be in the grocery store with my family and not have to duck into the next aisle because that guy over there is somebody we you know took advantage of right i just that's just been the way it's been since the beginning and so you start with that mindset and now 16 years later You've evolved into uh, a bit of an industry leader when it comes to customer service, in my opinion, uh, with the creation of the mobile showroom, which is the videos still up on our on our YouTube channel um, and on the our show page, 971talk.com slash weekend report. You can go down the playlist there or just go to the 971 YouTube page and go back in history a little bit. We've been on the mobile showroom, shot a video on it. And it was kind of the next 
uh, evolution of super serving the customer. And so talk about the mobile showroom and the inspiration behind it and why it's so freaking cool. <laughs> well, quite frankly, the inspiration behind it uh, came from I had gone to a Linux uh, dealer meeting, a national dealer meeting, and their challenge was to think outside the box. And it's like, well, this is heating and air conditioning. I mean, <laughs> what hasn't been done, right. you know? Um, but, you know, they, they were giving examples like what Uber did to the taxi cab industry and, and what Amazon's done to brick and mortar. And you need to think outside the box and be able to be relevant to your customers. And within two weeks, I happened to be talking to um, – one of the salespeople here at the station, oddly enough. And she's a lady, and most of the buying decisions are made by women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I'm just trying to have an organic conversation with her. We're brainstorming about advertising. And I said, you know, what what would matter to you? And I and I literally just came up with this right then and there. I said, would it would it be a game changer for you if you could see the equipment, not be inconvenienced, but have it show up at your house, see yeah. the equipment, hear it run, play with the thermostat, have a discussion about the multiple pieces that are available. What would that do yeah. for you as a consumer and as a female? And she was like, oh, that'd be huge. Yeah. So I pitched the idea to uh, my business partner and he kind of gave me the, mm, I what? don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know anybody else that's done this? And, uh, you know, the short answer I've was never heard no. Of it. <laughs> so, no. But I did it, and uh, when, I, when I took it over, one of the first stops I made when it was finished was over at uh, the division office at Lenox. And the division manager walked in, and uh, his mouth was literally gaping yeah. open. I could and live I in said, the thing. I like, said, are you surprised? And he's that like, nice? Yeah, I'm surprised. So, but, I mean, the, and what it means for the customer is that because they don't really have an idea. I mean, everybody knows cars because they drive one every day, and they kind of know. But when it comes to HVAC or heating and air conditioning, it's in your basement. It's not something you even think about. You interface with a thermostat as a customer, and that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah. So this just gives people an opportunity to see what's it look like, what's it sound like, to feel it, to hear it, to play with the thermostat. And I am not a pushy guy when it comes to sales at all. It's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a presentation, and the customer is going to decide what they want, what's right. best for them. And part of that with the mobile showroom really reflects that because you could have built that thing – Put the two most expensive systems in it, and everywhere you go, you're trying to sell them. This the, is what we got. This Take is what it or we, leave it. Yeah, right. this is what we got. <laughs> this is all the cool stuff it does and really push that. But there's various options at various price levels mm -hmm. to make sure that there's something for everybody. And, and, you know, not only – obviously, you can't put every system that you have that you offer in that in the mobile Correct. showroom. Right. But there is a representation of just about every price level and everything that uh, – uh, is available to the customers, and it's not you just going out and saying, I'm going to build this thing so I can sell the very most expensive equipment to everybody. No, to me, the whole— It's quite the opposite, yeah, actually. Yeah, the premise of it is just as a tool to educate customers because when I am successful in educating somebody and they make the decision, I don't ever hear any complaint. There's never mm -hmm. any regret or yeah. I wish I would have bought this or I didn't know about that because we cover all that. And they make the decision, therefore they're satisfied when it's all over with. Yeah. So to me, that was the whole genesis of having something like that is here's the education A to, A to Z of what Lennox offers. It's great equipment. Now you've seen it. You've heard it. What say you? And 
I've had a lot of feedback from customers where it's like, you know, I, 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 I didn't Chris care. Yeah. yeah, I didn't care <laughs> what I got. I just wanted to be heat, you know, warm. I didn't want it to be cold. But now that I've seen this, I'm so glad we went with the variable speed. I'm so glad we have yeah. humidity control because I saw it, I heard it, it was great. Yeah, that's great stuff. Would you say yeah. that it's paid for itself? In terms of uh, people being able to touch it and kick it, it's still and pretty. It's still, it's still pretty new. really new. Yeah. Um, but to to answer that question, probably not entirely. Mm-hmm. But man, it's got to be close. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. been. I'm sure it will. I, I mean, I've literally had customers who have had me out to replace just an AC. I just want the AC on this two-year-old furnace replaced. That lady in particular replaced that AC. The two-year-old furnace got replaced because she wanted variable speed yeah. and then elected to have two more full systems at yeah. her house replaced at the same time. So it went from just an AC to three full systems because she got on the truck, she heard the equipment, mm-hmm. she saw the thermostats, yeah. saw that it integrated and all worked together, and she's like, that's what I the, want. The, the, the ability to operate and hear, like push the buttons mm-hmm. yourself or use the remote control and hear the system it really just gives you peace of mind that you know, like, okay, I know exactly how this thing works. I know exactly what it sounds nope. like. There's not going to be any surprises. It gives you peace of mind and confidence when you're buying a system. And I think that really, like, to me at least, that's the biggest thing about the mobile showroom. If you if you are looking for a new system, that is the way to go. Call Agers, have them come out, and bring that mobile showroom so you can – see, touch, feel, operate these mm-hmm. systems. Yeah. It's tangible. You, you, it's not you, a promise on a yeah, piece of paper. Exactly. It really does give you peace of mind. Now, obviously, if you're not in uh, the market for a new system, Agers HVAC can can help you uh, if you need repairs to your existing system or yep. just a checkup or anything. Yeah. we. Uh, I mean, daily mm-hmm. we do clean and checks on equipment. Um, most people think that what kills heating and air conditioning systems is dirt, and, and dirt certainly is a huge problem. But the number one thing that kills heating and cooling systems is moisture. Mm. And moisture mm. lives in dirt. So, it's so a, yes. It's a, mm. So, yes. So it's a big deal to have your equipment cleaned. Um, you know, if you paid the money to have a high-efficiency system and it's dirty, there is no high-efficiency right. anymore. You know, you're lucky if you're getting standard efficiency. So... Keeping it clean um, saves your utility bill, and it certainly makes the equipment last exponentially longer. Yeah, and before we let you go, I I always like to get tips um, for people that are listening, things that they can do at home to help extend the life and maximize the efficiency. Of- Get rid of your pets. I know one. Yeah. 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 Change the filter. Change, change the, the filter. filter. Yeah, change, change the filter. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the thing, too, is, and, and I think we're going to get something put up on our website real soon, but people don't, you know, they have this false sense of, oh, I'm going to buy this high-dollar high one-inch filter, and it's going to be great. We've got a demo that shows how restrictive even some of the name-brand filters are, and it's shocking how little air they let through. Mm. And when you restrict your airflow like that, you're talking about 20, 30% increase on your cooling bill because your system can't breathe yeah. and your thermostat is not satisfied. So sometimes and it just those keeps expensive, running. thick filters are not always the way to go. Well, and it's it, it depends upon the brand right. because everyone looks at what's the, what's the filtration MERV rating or the particulate rating that it catches. Nobody talks about static pressure, and static pressure is the measurement of how much air... Let's flow through, and most filters are terrible. 
Yeah. No, uh, hell can I know anybody be talking about static pressure? That's incredible. <laughs> what? He just fixed your microphone. <laughs> I did. <laughs> People aren't talking about static pressure? No, uh, Brian, believe it or not. Uh, Brian, we got to go, but uh, before we uh, lose you... Uh, how can people get in touch with you guys, website, social media, all that stuff? And are there any, I know that Linux and you guys sometimes have different uh, rebates and deals happening. Is there anything happening at Agers that we yeah. need to know about? Yeah, there's uh, right now our typical customer is getting about $2,200 in rebates. Wow. We've got a free wow. Bose uh, portable speaker system right. that we're giving oh, cool. away uh, for people who purchase equipment in the next month or so. And uh, so, yeah, there's some good incentives out there right now. Nice. And uh, so, but yeah, call our office, 636-681-1976. And you can always find us online at callagers. That's A-G-E-R-S, callagers.com. And we have a chat feature on the website. So if you, oh, those are great. If you're antisocial and don't want to talk to a <laughs> human those. being, it's for you. I love those chat features. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're really helpful. Uh, Brian Eggers, thanks so much for coming in today. Uh, thanks for everything you do for the show. It's always great to see you. Thanks. I'll have you back again real soon. All right, we got to take a break, but we have a whole second hour of the weekend report to go. The Weird News Challenge with Skip Weber and Trish Gazelle and Bruce Affleck from the St. Louis Blues next on 97.1 FM Talk. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. And welcome back to The Weekend Report. Our number two of The Weekend Report is on your radio, and we appreciate you listening to it. Tony Colombo here with my partner Chris Arps and producer Carl Middleman. Hello. Had a great first hour. Uh, if you missed anything, we talked to our buddy Brian Agers, and we also talked to Senator Jim Talent. You decide which one of those is more important person. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian's still here, so i got to give him a little. Um, if you missed any of it or you want to hear it again, don't forget, download the uh, podcast on the Radio.com app. It's free. Uh, once you have the app, once you favorite the radio station, you can listen to the station 24-7 stream. Uh, you can rewind live radio like you're watching your DVR at home with the new Radio Rewind feature. And you can get all the podcasts from all the shows here on the station, and uh, that way you don't miss anything. And again, it's all absolutely free, so go and check it out. Uh, as I mentioned at the end of that last segment, joining us now on the phone is former St. Louis Blues player and longtime executive with the team, Bruce Affleck, joins us. Uh, Bruce, thanks for joining us today. How's it going? It's my pleasure. Uh, I'm doing great, thanks. Good. Exciting times. Yeah, exciting times uh, surrounding the St. Louis Blues. I mean, what a run uh, the team has been on here. Stanley Cup uh, championship last year, the uh, great record this year, all-star game coming to town. Um, for uh, From the perspective of a player and executive that has been with this organization uh, through the highs and some very low lows. <laughs> this has got to be uh, pretty sweet, what what we're experiencing right now uh, with the St. Louis Blues. Well, it sure is. I mean, you go back a couple of years ago, obviously, to the Winter Classic also. And yeah. I think point. what it's good done point. is it's, uh, these events, the Winter Classic probably helped us more than anything in a number of ways in that, the NHL saw how we could do an event and how our fans supported hockey. And after they saw that, they said, okay, uh, you know, I think that's one reason we got the all-star game. Uh, it's coming on quickly, obviously. 
And then, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup, the Coupe de Grasse, certainly, and uh, just got everybody. And the biggest thing for us, I think, is being able to grow the game in town here. Obviously, we had some diehard fans. Um, but to be able to grow the game and get kids interested and see the growth of minor hockey and the girls' hockey in particular uh, has been fantastic. Bruce, this is Chris Sarp. So I can tell you as an African-American, I've seen a lot of uh, African-Americans have uh, gotten interested in hockey, especially uh, since the Stanley Cup win. Um, hockey has not been a sport traditionally <laughs> that African-Americans are engaged in. But my uh, my younger brother played hockey in, in Florissant when he was a younger. So there is it's some interest. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, how that impact winning the Stanley Cup has uh, created a lot of interest outside of traditional uh, fans. Well, I think you're exactly right. It has uh, done an amazing job for us, and not just uh, African Americans and you know other minorities too. Just to grow the game, people are talking about it. They watch the Stanley Cup games. They uh, saw how the players reacted in the uh, mm-hmm. parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the whole thing to be able to say, "I want to be a part of that" or feel like that. And uh, once you get on skates, which is difficult, uh, <laughs> you get to do it a little bit. Um, and see the feel the camaraderie of being in a team game like that. I mean, it just bites you, and you want to you want more. So all of this has just been great to be able to grow the game, and certainly the NHL is trying to do that in a number of ways. You see the uh, women's teams coming in for Canada and USA to play uh, during the skills competition uh, now uh, on a three-on-three game and their talent level. So I think it's just bodes well for not just the NHL, but hockey in general in North America. And just FYI, um, I have my St. Louis Blues hoodie on right now, and, and I see a lot of African Americans that are uh, that are wearing St. Louis Blues gear now. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's great. We, you know, the season ticket holder base is growing, too. It's just uh, it's fantastic. You know, Bruce, uh, a point that we've, we've, we've discussed this on the radio before, you know, being in media, we've... We've, we've talked to a lot of people, a lot of different folks from different walks of life and different athletes. And, of course, there's wonderful people involved in every sport. But there seems to be something about hockey players. Um, you mentioned the, the, the way they were reacting in the, um, in the parade. Um, I don't know if maybe it's because they feel, maybe in the United States especially, they feel like, uh, you know, they, they don't get the respect of maybe the baseball and the football and uh, uh, basketball players. But there's just something about hockey players that uh, generally are, they're just more approachable. They're more friendly. They're, they, they just seem to be more down-to-earth guys. And I think that really rubs off when people start watching the games and, you know, getting the personalities of these different players. And I think it becomes infectious. I, I mean, do, do you, does any of that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, it does. And I've heard it before. And I think, you know, it stems from tradition, a lot of it, in that, uh, you know, I mean, you go back a long time ago when I played, and, uh, you know, it was mostly Canadian farm boys or whatever you want to call it, small town kids who uh, grew up playing hockey. Of course, it's their national sport. And there was a respect uh, given uh, off the ice and, and on the ice. And so I, I think that uh, stayed. And, you know, you made the comment about uh, the other sports, and there's no question um, as far as, uh, uh, you know, being number three, let's say, in the sports chain in yeah. uh, the United States. And that's understandable. Uh, but we are trying to grow it. And, uh, you know, I think it's one where the people respect the fans, and the fans treat us so well. And, you know, we are so accessible. 
and yeah, I think some of the other sports absolutely. aren't as accessible, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, and uh, for whatever reason. So I think uh, you know the combination of them. It's like people ask how many, how come so many uh, ex Blues players stay in St. Louis? Well, it's you feel comfortable here, and uh, certainly you can look at the cost of living and some other things. But the players just feel comfortable here. They appreciate what the fans have done, and as Brett Hall said, if there's no fans, there's no hockey. Yeah. Right. Ahead, Bruce, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. The Saint, the All-Star game is in St. Louis. How big of an event is this for St. Louis? How much media from out of the around the world coming in? Just how big is this for St. Louis from an economic standpoint? Well, I've heard different numbers, anywhere from uh, 12 to $25 million uh, economically, uh, so somewhere in there. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, between the hotel rooms and people coming in and the NHL bringing their partners into the game and uh, our fans and, you know, people staying downtown, et cetera, just, it, it's a great vibe. But everything else around it, too, what the NHL does as far as the fanfare and uh, the music outside and the, the events going on at Union Station, it, it just everything uh, makes it fun for a fan. So if you don't have a ticket to the game, there's lots a lot of other things you can still do yeah, and still feel like you're part of it. So uh, it just, it'll be a great atmosphere. I think it uh, bodes well. You know, our building is a, just spectacular now with the changes that uh, come in. And, you know, people complain about the money being spent on the building, but we wouldn't get the All-Star game if we didn't do that. So right. all those things uh, mean a lot to the city of St. Louis and the uh, surrounding area. And I think it's it's a great way for us to show what St. Louis can do to entertain people from around the world. You know, the All-Star game is is a lot of fun, and it's great to watch. But to Chris's point, there's a whole lot of other, and you just mentioned it too. Uh, by the way, we're talking to Bruce Affleck from St. Louis Blues about uh, the All-Star game coming uh, this coming Saturday, January 25th. And his and, event on Thursday night. Yeah, and well, that, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. It's, it's the All-Star game on Saturday, which is great, but even as a kid growing up, I was more into the skills competition and watching the the hardest slap shot and the shootouts and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole lot more than just the game that is going to be coming to St. Louis this week. Uh, Tell us about all the different um, events that people can participate in. Yeah, you mentioned the skills uh, competition, and we've got a lot of people who are just saying, hey, I want to go to the skills. I, I you know, don't care about the game as much, yeah. but uh, I want to go to the skills competition. Yeah, And it can be a lot of fun, and they've got some new uh, events this year, which will be exciting. Um, but the game itself, you know, they've gone to that three-on-three game, and you have different teams, and they play each other, which is fun. And then I think it's a million dollars goes to the winning team. Uh, so, you know, a lot of that goes on. And then you guys mentioned the event Thursday night, which is our uh, alumni game, which is the Blues alumni against the NHL alumni. And we just figured out that the, the players in the game itself have over 28,000 games in the National Hockey League. Wow. So wow. we've got a lot of experience between the, the two teams and, you know, obviously some fan favorites. But yeah. in the game, you know, another thing that, about the fans, our game is sold out out at Centene Center. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. That's it, and yeah. that just speaks to how much these other parts of what comes along with the All Star Game is such a big deal for the fans and you know the people that want to be involved with Blues hockey. Yeah, and I I think this is the first time where there's been uh, uh, an alumni game before the All Star Game like this, and uh, we hope to carry on the tradition uh, in future all-star games but uh, the league has been fantastic and so are the blues allowing us to do this and uh, the, of course the st louis blues partner with us in most things and uh, they've been great so uh, we're looking forward to it should be a fun evening and uh, go to luncheon too next uh, 
Thursday down at Anheuser-Busch Beer Garden. And uh, so lots of events, lots to do. And then, as I mentioned, the fanfare is just uh, so many things to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Q&As, autograph sessions, you've got games, you've got, you know, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Bruce, can you let us in on the secret of how did you guys plan out uh, winning, winning the Stanley, the Stanley Cup, Cup and then the next year having the All-Star game. Who, were you part of the brain trust that put that together? Or? Well, it only took 52 years. Right, yeah. <laughs> we were just waiting for the All-Star game yeah. to come back. I think it was here in the late 80, yeah, 88. Because they were just waiting for it to come back yeah. so we could you know, hoist the cup and Brilliant. put it all together. Brilliant marketing right. strategy. Uh, Brilliant. My first year back working for the Blues after I played was 87-88. And that was my first year. And my job, uh, the old Adams Mark Hotel, yeah, uh, yeah. sure, hotel, and I had a big suite in the room next door, and I hosted alumni, and Glenn Hall and Dan Kelly were the last ones to leave every night. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. That is. I cool. won't tell you what time it was, but sure. it was late or early, <laughs> early morning. There you go, uh, Bruce Affleck. Uh, great talking with you. I yeah. hope we get a chance to talk with you again soon. I, I know you have a very busy week, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, uh, good luck and have fun with that. Um, I imagine that if people want to get information on everything that's happening with the All Star uh, Game coming to town, they can just get all the information. On the Blues website, is that kind of the best way to keep up with everything? Yeah, it is. STLBlues.com. Very good. Uh, Bruce Affleck, thanks for your time today. I hope we get a chance to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Chris. Tony, take care. You bet. You too. All right, we got to take uh, another quick break, but when we get back, it is Weird News Challenge time. Our buddy Skip Weber is here. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. That song can mean only Only one thing. thing. Yes, you would think. Oh, yeah, that's right. He played it without (laughs) you. Every now and then. Every now and then it means something else. I guess it it doesn't only mean one thing. (laughs) But it should only mean one thing. That is correct. But it does today. (laughs) And that means it is time for the Weird News Challenge. It it might mean that you're listening to Perry Woods live. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not going to make him not play that live. That's a good point. But non-live. I wonder if Perry's ever played that song live and... Had somebody Everybody, say, yeah, that's a Skip Weber song. <laughs> Someday they will. But they may have the already. recorded version of that song should only mean one thing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And that means that Skip Weber is in the building, and it is time for the Weird News Challenge. Welcome back to the Weekend Report. Tony Colombo here. <laughs> Chris Arps, Carl Middleman, Skip Weber, and Trish Gazelle. Trish has got her game face on. You are she's you pacing are, all around up. and Get looking serious. Game mode. Here. She's all fired up. You won last week, right? I did. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for reminding everyone. Yeah, you bet. You bet. So uh, QMD is in play. That's that is what right. The QMD, which is brand new. What does that stand for? I forgot already. Question, question of mass, of mass destruction. destruction. <laughs> Question, question of mass destruction. <laughs> it's the twenty. It's the new wrinkle to the weird news challenge for 2020. Um, it means there's a question at the end of the game that no matter that means no matter what the score is, if you get it, it's an automatic win. That's I love it, but it's not a until you're winning. <laughs> not, someone gets it. It's right. not an easy That's question. True. But I will That's say true. this. I will say this. I intentionally made this week's QMD even more gettable. 
Because like, last I week was gettable. I, it was gettable. Yeah. And I, and I, you and had I'm, to guess the I right vegetable. It, I want to yeah. make it always be gettable because I want to have, but this what one. was ketchup originally yeah. made yeah. out of, right? Exactly. It was mushrooms. It was mushrooms. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, You'll never forget that now. Exactly. So nobody, I yeah. want. I want mushroom ketchup. So no matter what happens in this game, if they made, if they made it. from it one time, they could make it again. I, sure. I would like a bottle of mushroom ketchup. Yes. Why not? Yeah. Heinz obviously My wife heard the call. 57 varieties. She hates It obviously mushrooms. worked for hundreds of years, yeah. right? Yeah. I'll so, bet you I'll bet you you could take a bottle of mushroom ketchup and slip it onto your wife's french fries and she would never know the difference. Never know the difference. But if she ever found out, well, she'd kill it, me and be, well, but then she <laughs> might she might start liking mushrooms. Yeah. No, she, know, that's a good point. <laughs> so, uh this is the weird news challenge. These are it's a traditional game today, which means the questions all have to do with uh, recent actual news stories that are a little bit uh, off the beaten path. So it's educational. Yes, it's educational. <laughs> we'll have a tiebreaker at the end if we need it. And we will also have the brand new QMD question of mass destruction, which means uh, even if there's a winner at the end, the they QMD could, still be could a loser. change everything. The That's winner could still, still be a loser. The winner still be a loser. <laughs> that is right. This is America's that. favorite game. Now, now, hey, you know what? This, you know why I did this? I say, here's what I here's what I would like to propose. Yeah. If you are winning, and you get the QMD, <laughs> you get two points. Oh, two wins, two on, the wins board? on the board. Yeah. I'll go for that. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have yeah, to. I'll have to take that to the board. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to ask I the board about that. To but you, so you know what? Take that. You know what? The new uh, the new home editions with the QMD <laughs> oh, are now in production, and you can score it however you want. With so, the home edition. Well, and you're, you're now your, on your neighborhood tournaments, you could give you three wins. Now, you if, you, you, if you already bought the home edition, now you got to go buy the new one. Because it doesn't have the key. Yeah, right? That's exactly what they right. ought to do. They ought to take a supplement. They ought to sell supplements. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, like, like, a, like 60% a, of the real yeah. price. So you don't have to buy a whole new so one. But you still like an get, add on yeah. package mm-hmm. yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like good. it. I like it. All right. So uh, before we start the game, it, I'd be afraid people would say, well, I'm not going to buy the new one. I'm not going to buy it. So, how this works? The supplement. We're really going with this story hard. I mean, uh, I'll ask a question. These guys will buzz in and try to answer it. If they get it right, they get the point. If they get it wrong, they don't lose anything because we encourage participation here on the Weird News Challenge. Uh, before we get started, we need to test our buzzers. Chris Harps. How's that? Oh, you did that for Trish. I did. That was nice already. Yes. Trish Gazelle. Perfect. Mine's Bloop. Uh huh. Skip one. Carl Middleman is here. He is the judges. So we'll have that covered if we. He's the judge and jury. He's the plural, the judges. And this week, this is a kind of a throwback game. Four questions, all only worth one point. There we go. All right. And like I said, a tiebreaker if we need it, and the QMD. Um, could change everything at the very end. So okay. uh, Katie Fitzpatrick rule is not in effect, which means you can buzz in anytime you like. Uh, everybody ready? Yep. Yes. Ready. All right, here we go. Weekend Report, Weird News Challenge, episode 66. Can't believe it. <laughs> Question number one. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced their 2020 class this week. Who was the winner of this year's Bloof? Dave Matthews fan. That is correct. Yes. Of this year's what? Fan oh. vote. Fan vote. Okay. And they didn't make it in. And they didn't, and, uh, which I want, I want to talk about that later. Uh, yeah. Uh, Next segment. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, Skip, don't get me started. Skip, Skip's already. Skip's uh, going to be here. Obviously, we're going to talk about the uh, Saturday evening rock started. show. And I want to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it is ridiculous 
that the get the, the the guy who won the fan vote is not didn't get in in the class. And Pat Benatar finished second, and she's not in either. Yeah. She finished second in the fan vote, and she didn't get elected either. Pat Benatar, Bad Company, and the Doobie Brothers are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Doobie Brothers are. are they just made it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So going into this year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Doobie Brothers should have been in in like year two. Yeah. Doobie Brothers just got <laughs> and, inducted. Uh, but but fortunately they get to go in with Notorious B.I.G. and Whitney Houston. So who got that Trish? Okay, which, right. here we go. Lo- which are we'll do this later. Hyper talented, yeah. but that's right. not really wrong. Rock Question roll. number two. <laughs> this week, the Jeopardy greatest of Blue all time. Ding ding ding. Trish Gazelle. Ken Jennings. That is correct. Dang, yes. yes, I was going to say that too because I knew it was Ken Jennings. This week, the that Jeopardy, was entertaining. The Jeopardy was greatest of all yeah. time competition was held. Who won? Ken Jennings. All right. Trish has two points. I'm just observing points. watching. I'm just observing watching He's just watching waiting for the now. QMD. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm going yeah. to snipe That's this my whole only game. Chance Somebody better QMD. get the next QMD. two yeah. or else it's mine. All right. Yeah. If you, if you get this, then the only <laughs> no way pressure. for anyone to beat you is with the QMD. Question number three. Uh, you may have seen that the House of Representatives sent articles of impeachment to the Senate this week. Chris, are you listening? <laughs> I am. This one's for you. I'm concentrating. Uh-uh. The vote. To send the articles was strictly down party lines, save for one Democrat who voted not to send them. From what state oh. was that Democrat? Chris Arbs. Blue. Yeah. Kentucky. That is incorrect. Good, but hey, why not? Um, right? Got to guess. One ding, Democrat ding, ding, from ding, the ding, House ding, voted ding. not to send the articles of impeachment to the Senate. New Jersey. That is incorrect. <laughs> was it? New York? That is incorrect. Pennsylvania? That is incorrect. Georgia? That is incorrect. South Hawaii? Carolina. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan. Representative Colin Peterson from Minnesota. Oh, ah. Minnesota. 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 Soda. So right. Trish has won. Trish has won yeah. in regulation, but uh, oh, we'll wonderful. Do the Q- Thank in you. regulation. That doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Thanks for clapping, Carl. All right, we got one more question, though. Uh, since I write them, we're going to ask them. Uh, and this one, was, this one was for Skip because I know he loves the restaurant-related questions. Uh, so I had to include this one. The Cheesecake Factory just announced it's releasing a new dessert item that is I saw this. I saw this. I saw flavored. this. Flavored. What is it? <sighs> new item on the menu that is a dessert item. That's a hint. And it's cheesecake flavored. What is it? Ding, 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 ding. Yep. Cheesecake flavored ice cream. That is correct. Ah. I was going to say cheesecake. Was that a that wild is guess? correct. I was, I was trying to re- recall yeah. that out of it's my It's actually old a whole mind. line of ice yeah. creams uh, yeah. that they're nice. releasing. But yeah. So, I'd like um, to taste that. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. So I'm the winner. Yeah. QMD. Unless yeah. someone gets yeah. this QMD. Yeah. And if and you do, the, well, I'm not going to like I'm going to do the tiebreaker first. This, uh, this also doesn't matter. But again, I take the time to write them. So we're asking them. Uh, according to a new survey, the average person now spends how much every month going out to eat? How much every month going out to eat? This is just for fun. Do I have to go first? Go ahead. I forgot. Uh, Forty dollars. Okay. How much every month oh, going out to low. eat? Does the average person spend? I'm gonna say a hundred dollars. Okay. There's I'm going to say. <laughs> There's one good guess here. Fifty-three dollars. What? $53. No, it's 281 How wow. did you not say 101 Because it didn't count. <laughs> I was thinking 250 is a lot for, for one person. $281 a month, the average yeah. person, wow. which adds up. I guess if you consider all the people that eat their lunch at, yeah. you know. Yeah, there you go. $3,372 every year. All right, here we go. 
Trish right. Gazelle has won. Thank about. you. Unless somebody else can get the QMD. QMD okay. is done just like the regular questions. First person to buzz in gets first crack at it. So hands on buzzers. Here we go. This week's QMD is 80% of the population of the United States lives within a two-hour flight of what city? 80% of the population of the United States lives within a two-hour flight of what city? The QMD is so fun. <laughs> no way. Ding, 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 ding. Skip ding. Weber. I'm going to say Dallas, Texas. That is incorrect. Did it. Good guess. Yes. St. Louis. That is no, incorrect. I, no, I knew I, I knew that because it takes you three hours to get to Las Vegas from St. Louis. <laughs> I'll guess Chicago. Atlanta, Georgia. Oh. 80% yeah. of the United States population lives within a two-hour yeah. flight of Atlanta, Georgia. Mm, the QD wow. is great. That was gettable. Dallas is yeah. that was gettable yeah. too. Was, I know. I think right? Dallas. I mean, I was trying to get the LA Dallas West is kind Coast. of yeah. in the same region as Atlanta right. down there. So there you go, Trish Gazelle. Trish Thank Gazelle. you what very much. One of my congratulations. What am I? That two in a row. Uh, you yes. are. That's two in a row, and you are now at sixteen victories. Skip is still uh, well ahead at twenty-one. And Chris Arthur, not Arzus, well ahead, not well ahead I, anymore. I, I have no safety feeling in my, in my head. I'm gonna Chris, to, how many do I have, Tony? You have I'm gonna, twelve. I'm gonna have to play. study this for some reason. Nobody else even is in the double digits. I need to get in the teens. Three. Yes, yeah, one more win and you'll be in the teens. All right, that uh, does it. Congratulations, Trish. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Skip Weber's gonna stick around. We got more weekend report coming up. Don't go anywhere. We're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. She said if you love me, you lose a good day. She said no one could replace me, no Sitting down. Yeah. Good stuff. Welcome back to the Weekend Report 97.1 FM Talk. Big congratulations to Trish Gazelle yeah. for winning this week's Weird News Challenge. You guys still okay with the QMD? I'm, I yes. love the QMD. Love the QMD. Right. It does make sense because that I'm is very, the... very frustrated because I can tell you right now that I was thinking 100%. I might have gotten that if I was fixated if on the eighty percent. If you would have thought of what the if, busiest airport is well, in I know, the country. Well, no, I know that, but I was if I was thinking eighty percent, eighty percent instead of the. I'm trying to reach the West Coast. Yeah. So I was away. F- ah, man, I think I could have got that yep. if I was listening right. Yeah, because mo- because <laughs> really by mad. far the most people live on the East yeah. Coast. So yeah, well, you got some, some big cities out there, but when you go eighty percent, eighty percent, you're hitting all everything. That's an amazing. Everything fact. east of the Rockies is two hours from Atlanta. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. an amazing yeah. fact, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Eighty percent of the United States population is within two and hours. And that's why of we Atlanta. fly. Th- we fly through Atlanta almost every flight we yeah. do. Yeah. And I it's love them. That's I true. love their airport. It's their the biggest. It's all- the biggest airport in. It's the busiest. Not, it's not the biggest. It's n- the busiest. You're right. But not in the world anymore. I think uh, an international I think it's one. In the world. I think Tokyo might be bigger, but or more busy. Big, I don't know. So that's it's a great airport, though. That's Skip Weber. He's sticking around for another segment with us. I'm Tony Colombo, Chris Arps, Carl Middleman here, hey. of course, as well. And uh, also at the break, um, one of the questions in the Weird News Challenge 
had to do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which announced their class of 2020 this week, and it sparked a debate during the break, and it was still ongoing as we were coming back on the air. So uh, we're going to carry over our off-air debate on air. So the uh, new class for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, is the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Depeche Mode, Nine Inch Nails, T-Rex, and the Notorious B.I.G. So. Meanwhile, one more point. Meanwhile, the Dave Matthews Band and Pat Benatar, who were also nominated and finished first and second. Dave Matthews finished first in the fan vote. Pat Benatar finished second in the fan vote. And they are not going in. So why ask the fans if you're not going to take them into account? Um, it just makes you look bad. Well, like when they did with Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi was overdue, and they right. when they put them in fan, they got huge response. And it's because John Winter hates Bon so, Jovi. So there's uh, there's all kinds of of uh, points and and debates that are held every year about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Skip Weber, of course, is the host of the Saturday Evening Rock Show, so he is a rock and roll expert, um, and. You I know, used to call myself a rock and roll snob. Now you're a rock because and roll expert. I'd be, no, and I, don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say expert. I'm no longer a rock and roll you're snob a, because I like I like going to concerts of all types of you music. You host a syndicated rock and roll do. show that's heard around the country, around the country, mm-hmm. in multiple time zones, that and around the world on radio. And on, around right. the world, yeah. yeah, that is correct. And um, I would say yeah. the, the tragedy of this whole thing is. Uh, where the genesis of such controversy is born is the fact that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has felt like they have that they have to have six or seven inductees every year, at least five, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. They should because that's why it gets into people. Look, Whitney Houston's got one of the best voices of all time, and I enjoy her music. I listen to her music a decent amount of time. I would never ever classify it as rock music. I like Biggie and Smalls I- is probably my favorite. <laughs> Hip hop artist. Here we go. Whenever I'm at a blackjack table and we have a table win, I have already talked the entire table to say whenever everybody on the table wins this hand, we yell at the top of our lungs, "Notorious B.I.G." <laughs> That's just a thing we did. I don't no even money, know where problems. that came from. Well, I don't okay? know. You're, what are you? So my problem is you're seven he's foot not, five. <laughs> so you pretty much are Big Papa. He's not. An, he's I love not the book you call me Big Papa. He's got not a rock and roll. Not a rock and roll. No, artist. I agree. Now I understand so, that, but I, that ship has sailed. Yeah, it's it is. It's but, but here's the thing: it gets me more rankled when you have people like. A groundbreaking female vocalist like Pat Benatar, who mm-hmm. maybe should have been in the fourth or fifth year, if they're if they're inducting, if they're insisting on taking five or six people a year, she would have been her first yeah. album. What seventy eight, seventy nine, yeah. twenty five years after you that. Have so be, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. have to be twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. way early. I mean, I'm not going to say she's one of the top thirty artists of all time. Females are underrepresented. But, but the point is, is that she deserves to be in a lot earlier than anybody who's not rock. So. Change the name, and the truth of the matter is, change the criteria. You don't have to have a giant concert, okay? You still have one of the greatest rock groups of all time. It's not in the Hall of Fame, and that is Bad Company. Should be in, should have been in, maybe I don't think third Black or fourth years. Sabbath is in either. Yes, they are. Yes, are Black they? Sabbath is okay. in. But, but the Doobie Brothers, they weren't the for Doobie a long Brothers time. should have been in 
like year two. Yeah, and the they groundbreaking, just got in this year. Doobie Brothers are one of three bands that were fully integrated and proud to be integrated very early in rock and roll. And that's a groundbreaking thing. Then add all the popularity of how great their music was, and they're still touring now. Right. They should have been in year two or three at the, at the I, earliest. I, I agree. Unless you only do a couple people a year, and then maybe they go yeah. a little bit further. That's It's it's nutty. It's nutty that how they do it. And it makes me frustrated yeah. because of that. But there's a lot of politics going on there, too. That's well, duh. Yes, that's yeah. <laughs> that, that's doubly frustrating. Well, I and I agree that that calling it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is misleading. Yeah, because it's not. It's, it's a the, lifestyle. It's, it's I, the music. Hall I would of fame. like to it's put. The music I would hall like fame. to that's put Michael Jordan into the Baseball Hall of Fame <laughs> because he's the greatest <laughs> basketball player of bigs. all time, and he played baseball. Right. But he didn't play in the that's, bigs. He played so, in the minor leagues. So, so Whitney Houston never sang rock and roll music. Right. I get it. I understand. She's um, a great, she, she's a she great vocalist. A co- she has a cover of uh, Steve Winwood's song great, on the radio right it, now. She's, she's doing a, higher she love. She deserves in she's some a great Hall of Fame, vocalist. But she does one of the greatest vocalists of all time. Love by Steve Winwood, Carl, a rock song. You're yeah. not helping your case. But as a black, I'm, I'm not on that. I'm not on that. I'm, I'm saying, not on your side. I'm saying put my if you can put Biggie Smalls and 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 and. Uh, Whitney Houston to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you yeah. should put Michael well, Jordan be into the, the baseball hall. But black, ahead, Chris, pe- black people would say, why is rock and roll designated as the type of music that white people play and consider no. that rock? Oh, why, I don't think why that's is, it. But no, I'm I don't just think saying, that's but, it at all. But I'm just saying that's the way the argument, if to, a, to a non-white person, that's the way the argument sounds. That, no, 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 that no, no, rock no. and roll is the groups that are white groups that play a particular sound that sounds rock. That's rock. Chuck that's Barry, rock Chuck and Barry's roll. rock and Chuck roll. Chuck Berry's in it. Here, the Living ro- Color is a rock band, and and, not and I fully support well, no, Robert know, Johnson, Little Walter, Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters, BB King. They should be in long before any hip art artist mm. should be in. But not only that, nor do I want Eminem in the hall mm. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or Vanilla Ice. Or it's country. Not a, it's X. not a race. No, yeah. Yes, Dolly. It's if not if, a racial. I know, thing. but that's what it, I mean. I'm not, and I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that's the art. That's the way the yeah. argument looks yeah. to black people is. Is rock and Put, roll is 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 these particular groups that are white for the most part that mm-hmm. play a particular music that's rock and roll and black person or other minority would say no, why why is that the, go- the other why is, is that the gold standard for I don't what think hip hop artists is. call themselves rock and roll artists so that's what I'm saying I mean it, let's change it to music yeah Jay Z would not say that he's a rock, rock and roll. roll no he's, I, he's that's hip-hop. what I'm saying. Yeah. Here, that's that's the thing I mean Jimi Hendrix but they should have been should have been oh. in the Class yeah. number one of the Rock, of the rock and Roll Hall of yeah. Fame. No the doubt. class number one was like the early, it was Chuck Berry. I, I get, and it was, but no, but what he's saying belong, is that there's no, yeah, there's no better example yeah. of a Rock and Roll Beatles Hall of Fame artist. Beatles didn't even get in class number right. one. Than Jimi Hendrix. The Beatles didn't even get I, in I class know. number one. Jimi Hendrix belonged in class number one, in my opinion. So the but, only problem, but, that, what they've done also, uh, I think, is a mistake that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has made, is they have decided that they are the Music Hall of Fame. Right. By including hip hop artists mm-hmm. and, and artists from all different genres, but not country. But they don't put any country because, artists. Dolly Parton, there is a, a country. I, I there understand. There is a country hall but, of fame. But yeah, what I'm saying is, so if they, so if somebody starts the, the hip hop hall of fame, are they going to stop putting hip hop artists in? No. I don't know. No way. Dolly but Parton I, should so totally be in gonna the rock and roll hall of fame. If you're going to be the music hall of fame, you are on drugs. If you're going to be the music hall of fame, you are sniffing glue as we speak, Carl. I'm saying if you're going to include Run DMC and if you're going to include Big, but I think the designation is that. Because because the music 
because the somebody music take, descends. Somebody take the rubber cement out of Carl's. <laughs> if Whitney console. Houston's in, Dolly Parton should be in. When Mariah Carey gets in, if rock, if rock music descends from R and B, and I think yes. that's why a lot of people—that's the yeah. rationale so a, that they use thing. to put. <laughs> To put Whitney Houston and yeah. hip hop artists in that because that's not the rationale. The rationale that they but that's not the rationale that the Hall uses. No, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just says we are the Music Hall of Fame. They don't mm-hmm. even use any. They just say we're the Music Hall of Fame. Well, that's they're not going to. The, but they're not going to say that's that. why we put all these different artists in. But you can't be the music. Well, if you, if, I, I will say this about, music. Carl, about Carl's point. I will say this: if you're going to be the Music Hall of Fame. Then yeah, Dolly Parton belongs no in the question. Music Hall of Fame. Probably, and that's if they're they, going by what they're that's going how they brand by, them, so. they should be there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's Here's in the, the deal. Country One I'm last a, point, muddy, because I don't want to do I'm this gonna for muddy it even, <laughs> I'm going to muddy it even worse. Yeah, you have people like Leonard Skinner and the Outlaws and Marshall Tucker Band that, if they began their careers today. Would be only played on country radio. Yes, they would. Yeah, that's true. And if when you go to a country that's concerts, true. which I enjoy going show. to, it is a rock and roll band yep. with a southern sounding person singing in front of a, a male or a woman. <laughs> yeah. And or a banjo. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the best music I've ever seen is at Zach Brown concerts. His his backup band rocks. Yeah. And they're and they they played the best version of Whipping Post I've ever heard. And their encore consisted of dueling Sweet Child of Mine mm-hmm. and then Enter Sandman. That's what Zach Brown played. So the the lines are very muddied there. With yet, country. Right. Yet we still do not, like you said, would you have be any... stop? Would you be involved? Would you be okay if Zach Brown was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in twenty years from now? Yeah. Okay. Compared to right. everybody else, we're yeah. changing the subject. That's enough. Oh, so and you... another thing. <laughs> uh, uh, the last how, point is: how don't, long did it take don't, yes to get in there? Come on, no. don't ask sticks. Don't ask for the fan vote if you're not going to put the winner yeah. in there. That's by the true. Way. But, they, but they've true. always said nominated. on that fan vote. I know. Well, don't. We're it's not. Gonna, we're not going to take it. Yeah, I know. Put, but that's... put the next class should all be the roots the of the blues. The roots of the blues. Honestly, is, that, Mil- that they um, should have been long ago. Long uh, ago. We talked to Bruce Affleck a little bit earlier in the show. How excited are you for the All Star Game coming to town? Oh my gosh, it's cool stuff, wait. right? Are you going to everything? Wait. I'm going. I'm not going to go to stuff on Thursdays. I'm not, on Thursdays you don't want to drive out to Centene and well, see there's the, stuff. There's stuff be, at Union Station. There's stuff at Union Station on Thursday. I'm not going to go to that stuff. I'm gonna. I'm definitely going to the two seven o'clock sessions. How much I spend at Union Station before that, I don't know. I've we got we got uh, eight people coming into town just for it to, to, and staying at our house for it. So yeah, I don't know. Cool. I don't know. So certainly Friday, probably not much at Union Station till seven o'clock. But definitely Saturday we'll go down early and check some of that stuff out. It's going to mm-hmm. be cool. You were a young man in 1988. Did you go to any of the stuff at the arena? I did not. I was living in Dallas in 1988. Yeah, I was okay. here. The All Star Game was here yeah. in '88 as well. Um, yeah. but I did, I've been to All Star Game in L.A. two years ago, and it was awesome. Right. My, my daughter and I went out there. It was really cool. Uh, Oscar nominations just came out, mm-hmm. um, and so we're in that season, and we have our, it's rather our quick new this feature, uh, uh, Carl's uh, Movie Reviews. You can see them every week on our web page, 971talk.com slash weekendreport, and on the 971 <laughs> YouTube channel. We're um, not we're talking about a movie that is not going to be nominated for anything. Yeah, but <laughs> we discuss we we discuss a little bit of uh of Oscars. Oscar's so news. male. Yeah, and uh and a review this week. Well, yeah, what we, is it? We review Underwater with Kristen Stewart. Oh, yes. It's a horror monster movie. And it's a very it's, it's a horrible horror movie. It's a very interesting <laughs> it's I've never seen Carl uh, in this mood while in, mm. while reviewing a movie. It's so a horror movie. Go and check it out. It is.
It's, not a, it's about yeah. underwear, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of underwear. There's a lot of underwear. Yeah, in the movies. A, don't yeah. forget to that's go. Enticing. And, don't forget mm-hmm. to go and check that out uh, every week. Again, 971talk.com/slash/weekendreport or the 971 YouTube channel uh, for Carl's weekly movie reviews. A whole lot of fun. We mentioned the Saturday evening rock show now. Uh, across the country. Yes. yes. And uh, so coming up here that. in just a couple of hours, what's happening this week? Uh, well, I mean, I can't tell. I can't give that away. <laughs> I can't give it away. But what it can is, you give away? Uh, that we welcome two new sponsors and yes. one new one new mar- uh, national market. Yes. Very, this is very, the first week, right? It's the first week. So welcome the uh, state of Arizona. To yeah. The, right. Mar- yeah. So we are now nice. at 9 o'clock Central. Eight o'clock, eight o'clock mountain. mountain. Eight o'clock mountain. <laughs> Isn't that fun? So yeah, it's, it's cool. And um, and you're and you're you really uh, building quite the community on Facebook. I think so. Yeah, yeah. we got we got uh, uh, we're going to be we're pushing toward eight hundred followers, which to me is gigantic. And I look at uh, uh, the engagement that they have, and I mean I've got a ton of people in Arizona already hitting hitting us. So mm-hmm. I'm, I can't wait to see what they think, and it'll be fun. So. And what's happening at Weber Chevrolet? Oh, uh, we are under auto show bonus cash mm. now. Mm. So next a week from today, well actually a week from Thursday. I mean this is coming up Thursday, so a week from today is the is the high point. But a week from today I'll be at the auto show before going to the All Star game. So that'll be cool. Mm. That's another thing. They're about the same time. I mean it's just gonna be mm. even nuttier downtown. But the auto show in St. Louis, here's the deal. Chicago, Detroit, LA. Those are the big name auto shows in the country. I would put St. Louis's auto show against every other city yeah. besides those three. Every other one: New York, Washington D.C., Orlando, Dallas, whatever. Our auto show is done right. The St. Louis Why? Auto Dealers, because the St. Louis Auto Dealers Association exists to help auto dealers in St. Louis, but they work year round on their auto show. That's one of my bucket list. That's, that's one of my bucket list items. I have never been to. The St. Louis Auto it's Show. It's busy. It's cool. It's one of those things busy. I say I'm going to go, but I've in. never gone. I'll get you. Okay. I'm not a car guy. Yeah. I'm not a car guy, yeah. and I've been to many, many of them mm-hmm. because we've broadcast live, yeah. and you know, had mm-hmm. different partnerships with them. So I've been many, many times. And even not being a car guy, it's I get lost mm-hmm. in it's a the concept wonderful place to take kids. Cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's a great, and it gets better every year. We last year we added motorcycles for the first year, uh, so you got all the motorcycle companies are there. They've got. Um, an enormous amount of attractions for kids. Good food down there. It's really, really a good way to spend the day, especially with families. And if you're not, if you if you're really shopping for cars, you can get a lot of info yeah. for from it. You know. Um, so and because of that, all of the factories put some extra money during mm-hmm. the auto show season. Oh, so cool. I've got one thousand dollars of extra cash from Detroit on every Silverado and every Equinox are two biggest sellers and the two most popular things in St. Louis, okay? So it's an extra grand. We already have great prices on them. Mm-hmm. Th- from here to the, through the, like the 1st of February, it's an extra $1,000. Yeah. Does the, does the booming economy, is, is that, are you feeling that in the car industry at all? We don't feel it the second because we're usually a, leering, a leading indicator. Last oh, okay. third and fourth quarter, gotcha. our, our sales started booming. And, and usually auto sales is kind of a leading indicator. I knew that the, everything was going to keep going because people, the first thing they do when they get a raise is go get a new car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Not right. everybody, but a lot of people. Sure, you know? sure. So, yeah. it's So, yes, it's affecting us, but the current state, we already had our boom, and we're just keep rolling along right now. Yeah. And uh, so. we mentioned it earlier, but before we go... Uh, your new articles. Oh, uh, redstate.com. Mm-hmm. It was an article uh, comparing uh, 1972 to the current economic situation. 
Uh, George McGovern was a anti-war, very progressive candidate who gathered that base. Uh, there's a similar candidate that's doing uh, the same thing. So I kind of mm-hmm. show the parallels. Yeah, and we talked that. about that a little bit earlier in the show. And, of course, if you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast uh, many different places. But the best place, in my opinion, is the Radio.com app, uh, which you can get on your phone or your tablet or wherever. It's free. Uh, you can get our podcast there. You can stream the station there. And you can get all the podcasts from all the shows here. So go and check that out if you missed anything on today's show uh for my partner chris harps hi our, goodbye our producer carl middleman Hello. i am uh, tony colombo thank you skip weber great to see you, you my friend. are welcome and uh thank you for listening to another edition of the weekend report we'll see you back here next saturday on 97.1 fm talk Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.